Welcome to this episode of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate, gathering the voices of medical affairs thought leaders and stakeholders to explore current trends, define best practices, and empower the medical affairs function. Opinions are those of the presenters and do not imply endorsement by their organizations. I'm your host, Garth Sundam, Communications Director at MAPS, and today we'll be speaking with Tim Hyland, Sue Curry, and Bruno Larval about how MSLs deliver value to KOLs and HCPs. Tim is VP, Internal Medicine Field Medical Director Group at Pfizer. Sue is VP and Head of Medical Affairs at Nectar Therapeutics. Bruno is CEO and founder of Larval. This podcast is made possible by Larval. Larval has been accelerating decision-making since 2004 by providing real-time, customized, competitive intelligence software with data-driven analytics to the pharmaceutical, biotech, and healthcare industries. Larval's comprehensive KOL monitoring solution, Omni, ensures that MSLs stay ahead of the competition with in-depth updates on their KOL's activity. Omni also makes it easy for MSLs to prepare for and track engagements with their KOLs by providing access to publications, clinical trial involvement, social media posts, and upcoming conference participation. Tim, Sue, Bruno, welcome. Today we are talking about VUCA, which uh, stands for Volatility, Uncertainty, Complexity, and Ambiguity, which describes our times very well. And uh, Bruno, let's start with your thoughts on how the value proposition has changed for MSLs based on VUCA. And, and I love that term VUCA. Actually, Tim is the one, as we were preparing, who mentioned that. It sounds like a, some kind of uh, god of, uh, of, of trouble in some ways. And it is. Uh, <laughs> it is, yes. Uh, well, I, I, uh, since I go first, I have the easy, I guess, uh, position to make that the value proposition um, has not changed, uh-huh. essentially, uh, in that essentially um, MSLs, and, and I, well, I'm not an MSL, but um, my customers are MSLs, uh, are still in the same position to create value for, 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 their, uh, for their KOLs uh, by uh, helping them understand and uh, uh, the, 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 the evolving standard of care, understand, of course, the different uh, drugs that are changing uh, the, uh, the landscape uh, of the practice of medicine. And that that's one element that has not changed. Uh, it, now, the, the VUCA of, of the pandemic has changed other things, but I would argue that the, 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 the objective and the value uh, has not uh, changed in itself. Well, that's interesting. Well, so, so Sue, what do you think? I mean, has, has VUCA changed the MSL value proposition or just the way that we deliver that value? You know, it, I'm going to challenge uh, and be uh, contrary to what Bruno was saying. I think it has. And I think the value proposition, in fact, has increased for MSLs. So the format and the, and the process of the value has changed. But in fact, what I'm seeing now, and as COVID has gone on longer, the changing dynamics of even healthcare providers and their interaction with their patients has been reduced. So what does that mean? 
That and also then even other stakeholders within their group, so other allied health professionals or study teams. So I think in a way it's actually expanded or increased the value uh, to complement the exist or the prior more face-to-face interactions, even with health healthcare providers and institutions. I'd love to know it, Tim, what your thoughts are. So to me, the value is increased. And, and in a way, the, uh, the format and the modality or the vehicle has changed uh, as well. So, Tim, what are your thoughts? Thanks, Sue. Yeah, the, I'm picking up on that theme around the modalities. I see the speed and, and actually digitization of, of content information are two trends that are really accelerating the importance actually of what we do and how we communicate. I mean, you can think about, you know, in in today's world, it actually takes you longer to even set up a WebEx or a Zoom meeting than it does to send content around the world. And so uh, it really challenges us uh, that are interacting with medical customers each and every day to figure out how uh, we can engage with them and in what modalities, as you said, and also to figure out uh, what is that compelling need and that mutual opportunity and connection that we can still maintain? So also given the complexity of medicines, the, the, uh, the just the uh, inordinate amount of data at times that it seems that we're all trying to sift through, the need for uh, that engagement to provide both content and the context of that information is certainly very, very important, remains so. Interesting. So the context, okay. So is it just that MSL, the, the, the value is increased, uh, but it's the same value that, that MSLs have been providing all along? Or are there opportunities in this new landscape for MSLs to provide a, a new kind of value? If anyone has perspective on that. Yeah, I'll jump in first, and then I'd love to hear from Bruno and Tim. I think it, it, it has increased the value and the, increased the opportunities. And why I go, uh, I'm thinking about that is, think of, think of the, the, from a patient-centric perspective, mm-hmm. less interactions and touch points with their healthcare providers. And I think that's going to continue. So even if it's telehealth or touch points virtually, so they're maybe not getting those indirect uh, educational benefits or resources or touch points. So from my perspective, I think from, for MSLs providing additional education, maybe further interactions or opportunities with, uh, for patient engagement or other kind of alliances or patient alliance groups um, may potentially increase. I don't know, Tim, what are your thoughts about that? Yes, what I've noticed, Sue, to follow on with that is that the um, the diversification or the need to diversify who we engage with uh, has certainly been evolving. You know, we would uh, traditionally be interacting with uh, a, a, small, a certain or small segment of physicians. But again, the what I call the democratization of content and information is increasingly moving us to really be more attuned to where these conversations are happening, where people's eyeballs are, for example, in in social media or in other uh, ways. You know, Congresses nowadays are, are at least right now, are are virtual. We have to sort of rethink how we engage and who we engage with in these settings. 
And so it's, it's, it's really pushing us to diversify the kinds of, of, of medical customers that we engage uh, in, in ways that we haven't before. Bruno, your thoughts? I, I agree, and I, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Congress and conferences because, of course, that's a big difference for uh, the, the subset of KOLs uh, that are the most influential, that, that go, they go to conferences and now they attend uh, them virtually. And the conversation that they have among themselves and also with the industry is now different because it's virtual. Uh, so uh, that's a new situation, a new opportunity, and a, and a big difference. And, one of the questions is how much of that will continue post-pandemic and, and how do we adjust to all of that uh, moving forward? Well, okay. I think we're all used to you know, having traditional ways that we interact with our medical customers, our, our uh, healthcare practitioners, and the, certainly over the last eight, nine, 10 months, that's been you know, disrupted. And so we're having to rethink how we in, engage with them in ways that can still uh, we can still interact with them appropriately, but also respecting the fact that their time is very limited, our time is limited, and we have to really rethink those those types of engagements. So I know for, for the work that I do, it, it's really pushing us to think about how can we uh, provide the most uh, uh, accurate, up-to-date information uh, in the shortest amount of time from a very credible source. Uh, and the MSL is that credible source. And so trying to understand the information needs and how people consume information, which is very different now than it's, it's been uh, in recent times, it really pushes us. I mean, you, you have to really be prepared, I think, to, to be able to speak and um, get your point across in one minute, you know, five minutes or 30 minutes, depending on what the customer uh, time uh, ability is. Yeah. And if I could add to that, it's not just the speed and time that you have with, with the healthcare provider or, as you said, like the client or our stakeholders. It's actually the time to, for us to digest it and get it out. So in this virtual environment, you know, and if we pick a Congress, you usually at least can pull things together and synthesize them by the last day of a five-day Congress. Well, now you actually, it comes out instantly, and sometimes even prior to the Congress, that it's getting out there. So how do you um, become that scientific expert on that at the very same time that it's, it's widely disseminated? And that's, I think, what I've heard also from some of the, even the top um, thought leaders is, just help me because I haven't been there to experience it and I, and I need you to help me become an expert in it. So that, like what you had said, is this kind of broader, it's flattening the curve basically on who's experts out there. And, um, and so it has increased, I think, the number of stakeholders and folks that we also have to interact with and ensure that they have the, the appropriate um, data and knowledge for their work. Okay, so let's 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 transition into. So it sounds like you know we're reaching we're reaching more people. They have less time. Uh, you know how do MSLs plan for these interactions if if they have to be so efficient? You know, are there core elements of value that every MSL should keep in mind when planning for these interactions? Well, I think I think it's being. I'll, I'll start with that. I think it's being uh, certainly first and foremost, and this is one area which I think is is not changing. Is being that trusted source, uh, being a trusted source, a partner, being seen as a peer, 
to other healthcare professionals in the field is, is so important. And, and, and maintaining that credibility that you've built up over uh, various interactions over time is so important. And MSLs can continue to be that credible source and identifying, again, the kind of information that our HCPs uh, need to have are requesting and, and providing it in the way they would like to do that. So I think the credibility piece is a core element of the, of the MSL role. It's always been there and it's even more important now with just, again, so much different uh, types of information and people's beliefs about that information as well uh, gets, gets worked in there. And so more than ever, you know, being seen as a trusted partner is important. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you, Tim. It's the trusted source a really key, a pivotal source. And but something I think that has come up is the, the time and the rapidity, again, of synthesizing it. So the good news, I think, in this, and I, th I don't think it's going to go back to what it was, so the new reality or the new paradigm will mean probably less travel, but what you'll be doing versus traveling is spending that time in uh, collating or synthesizing the data faster because you're not on a plane, train, or automobile at the time. So I think there will be that shift in time um, that five days after Congress to have um, data available is probably going to be too long, or you're going to be reactive, not proactive. And, yes. and, and it will then who will replace that trusted source that and I small t trusted because it may be something digital that isn't an, a trusted source or resource for our call, our colleagues and stakeholders. Okay. So Tim, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, absolutely. We have to, the time between when we understand the information and when it gets out is just shrunk so much. And so, I mean, you see this even in the, in the lay press and the media, people are sort of reading the, you know, what we used to call the teletype as it's coming out. And, and so this information uh, goes around the world instantaneously and everybody's getting equal access to it. And, and how do you synthesize it and understand it and put it in the context of other information that you have, um, as well as, as sorting through the beliefs about that information from the information itself. And sort of there's a, both a normative and a positive conversation about the content going on at the same time. And it's very important that we we distinguish between those two and really uh, stick to what the, the content is and the information uh, that we're objectively providing. Okay, so our HCPs that, you know, they're, they're seeking to make data-driven decisions, right? And so it, it's the MSL's job to provide that data, you know, in large part. Bruno, what would you say about, about MSLs and the mm -hmm. delivery of this data yeah that HCPs can use in their decision-making. I, I like the point that both Tim and Sue made, which is uh, the, co the contraction of time. And, and the challenge is coming with that contraction because um, in, in a lot of our customers uh, face that. Uh, so uh, the American Society of Hematology is about to happen yep. in a couple of days or tomorrow even maybe. And you could see on Twitter, the conversation I started a while ago when the initial uh, abstract were available. A lot of the narratives about the data is starting to form. And as soon as the data is presented, uh, that conversation is taking place on social media. Now, it's still relatively limited. In oncology, 
the number of uh, oncologists who are, were discussing data is still relatively small, but you can see it year after year, especially, of course, over the last, the last uh, eight months, uh, even between, between uh, ESMO and, and ASH and, and, and ASCO earlier, you can see the trend towards more and more engagement, uh, quicker and quicker engagement. So now as an industry to help, uh, to help uh, the, the KOLs, um, uh, in that speed become challenging. Uh, and so it's going to be very interesting to see how we, we, we sort it out. I, I know we will as, as an industry, uh, but it, it's certainly a, a bit of a, uh, and I hate that word, but a bit of a game changer in, in some ways. I mean, I, I thought about a lot of these, uh, these, these Congress situations to pick up that point, Bruno, about how it is the Congresses are, are changing so quickly. It's like, it's like one day we're all in the, the big box store, Target, Walmart, walking around doing our traditional way of shopping. And then the next day we're all told we have to do all of our shopping online on Amazon. And, yes. and so we have to immediately think about how do we engage in that space? in a way that is so different than we're all used to doing, going around in a, in a physical space. And that's, I think, the challenge in a lot, not just the Congresses, but a lot of different platforms with individuals, with, with organizations. And it's just overnight, literally, I guess, and figuratively, we've had to change a different way of communicating that uh, with our customers. And if I can build on that too, what I've also seen is it's 365 days of potential scientific data coming out. So people aren't waiting for the ashes or in, in the on-call, you know, hemonk space. Mm -hmm. You're not waiting for ash or ASCO. You'll pick anything because you'll potentially have as high an impact in this virtual reality of, go, of going to, uh, you know, a smaller meeting if it's out there then it may be, like what you had said, Bruno, the discussion begins and the scientific engagement and discussion around these data are there. So instead of having like five blips in the year, like five big bangs, we may, we really have now it's, it's wide open. It's 365 days because you may not, if you've got good data, you're going to get it out because it'll have great benefits. So I, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Tim, but that's what I've seen is that there's like probably 24 blips in our, our year now versus one or two key Congresses or timeframes for scientific exchange. Yes, those, those conferences were those sentinel points where we, they were rallying people would get on a plane and go to them. And it was, um, I think, uh, well-structured. But now everything is 24-7, 365, as you said. So it's all instantaneous. So those, those conference times become a point in which there's a release or distribution or, or communication of information. And then there's time after that that you can uh, you know, continue to communicate and, and engage and respond, et cetera, appropriately. And, and, so, and we're also able to, more people are able to get to more of these events virtually than ever before. So it really has been, I, I would agree with what Bruno was saying about a game changer that really, it really is challenging all of us who kind of deal in the currency of information and content and communications to really think about how we can uh, ensure that the, the voice and the credibility that we bring to the conversation is heard and has um, an appropriate place in that conversation because there's just, we're all just kind of scrolling through our lives with with uh, with our with our devices uh, more than ever, and and we're having to sort of 
cut through a lot of that uh, to, to have our perspective known. And Tim, you've made my argument that I, uh, that I, we started this conversation with is that I think it increases the value of the MSLs because there's all this noise, all of these bombardments of uh, data so we can help to cut through and sift through and, and identify, again, what's credible, maybe some pros and cons of it, and become that trusted source. So we're actually, again, I think that makes our role even more critical when so much is coming out all the time uh, to help identify what's the quality uh, and the scientific, the integrity of the, the data coming out as well. Yeah, what I have found is it, it has to, you know, there's that phrase, I guess, I don't know who it was attributed to originally around, uh, if I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. And what I find is when we have these, mm -hmm. these data sets or this new information, the challenge I find and what my group is doing is, is trying to figure out uh, how can we distill this and get the salient points uh, in those situations where you might have shorter time to communicate or engage uh, and still, you know, really get to the essence. And so that type of of skill, I think, is even more important uh, than ever. Yeah, I absolutely agree, Tim. There, there, there seemed to be a shift, uh, perhaps, from the big conferences to a lot of small events, that the two-day symposium, the, the ECME, uh, the grand rounds, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the YouTube interview, <laughs> the podcast, and, and to the point, so you made about maybe moving toward real time, when the news break, we don't wait for ASCO anymore. Uh, and so the challenge with that, that our customers are facing is that um, it's very hard, I mean, it's easy to know when ASH or ASCO is, it's very hard to know when Dr. So-and-so will be doing an ECME or a grand round or a webinar uh, by, by uh, the, equivalent, the equivalent of Joe Rogan uh, in, mm. in their specialty. And so how do you, and sometimes it's announced like two weeks before. So how do you find these uh, smaller, but still important engagement opportunity to help uh, our KOLs? So um, that was a, a, a little bit of a, a subliminal plug uh, for what we do, Garth, by the way. Okay. <laughs> well, so, uh, boy, I, I wish we had another hour to talk about. And here's what I would like to talk about is how, MSLs can dive into these digital spaces. You know, it used to be one-on-one -on -one MSL HCP interactions were, were driving the entire function. And now it seems like there's room for MSLs to be, to be interacting in new ways in these digital spaces, you know, in, in smaller events to, to shape the narrative around this data almost in real time, but we don't have time. So <laughs> here's what I, I was just getting ready to respond to that. <laughs> no, you, I, I, we got to leave it there for today, guys. And um, so I'm going to thank you all for joining us today. Tim, Sue and Bruno maps members continue the conversation at our community portal. Maybe we'll talk some of our thought leaders into joining us there. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe. And, you know, we hope you enjoyed this and what I hope will be continuing episodes with this team uh, of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate. Thank you all.